Welcome to Disclaimers Aside, a podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisada Amadou, and let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Saturday, and welcome back to another podcast episode Today we have quite a length episode. It was a conversation that I recorded last weekend, actually, and it was a really good conversation. Having come out of that recording, we could have chatted for another hour or two, but in the sake of time, I tried to keep it as short as possible. Before we dive into the specific episode, I did want to give some updates on some changes that are going to be coming to the podcast. So I know when I first launched this podcast, I mentioned that I was going to do bi-weekly episodes. Essentially, I would have a podcast episode out every other week. I quickly changed that and just decided to do weekly podcast episodes because at the time, I had a lot of ideas, I had a lot of guests that I wanted to get to, and I thought that that was, at that point, I could sustain that. And I feel like I have sustained that pretty well over the past, well, It's been four months of this podcast already. That's insane to me, but it's been four months of podcasting. I feel like I've had such a great episode, such a great guest on, and I've been really fortunate in that. But recently I've been doing some reflection and I am just at a point where I don't think I can sustain putting out a quality podcast episode every single week along with some of the other stuff that I have going on in my life, including making videos full-time on YouTube, being a full-time college student, handling an internship. There's just a lot going on. And at this time, I had to kind of like recognize in myself that maybe I, maybe it was sustainable for three months, but moving forward, I don't think that that will be sustainable without the quality of the podcast episode suffering a little bit. So I'm going to be switching back to bi-weekly episodes, which means every other Saturday you guys will get a podcast episode from me. And if I do have extra time on my hand throughout the months, you may see a bonus episode here and there. Kind of another piece of the component is that I really do want to be able to have the time to search for and get really cool guests on this podcast show. And with that, that does take time to coordinate recordings and things like that. And so I'm hoping with posting bi-weekly episodes, I can get some really cool guests on that I'll have the time to actually search for cool guests and coordinate dates that we can record. I've been really happy with the community over on the podcast Instagram and the content that I've been posting over on there, but this will give me also just time to post more quality and curated content on the podcast Instagram to just really make this a community. I feel like listening to the podcast is definitely one component of this experience, but the people that are like on the podcast Instagram, that are voting on the polls, that are engaging in the discussion, it just brings it to a whole nother level. So moving on to what we have on the docket for today's episode, I'm really excited. I recorded with a longtime family friend. We actually kind of go way back. We met when we were kids. Um, Every summer when I used to live in Illinois, my family would drive over to Kentucky because that's where a lot of my family lives. One of my family friends, Zainabu, is actually Mauritanian and she also goes to college in Michigan. She's studying political science just like I am. We kind of have similar 
similar paths that we want to go down. I honestly haven't seen her in a long time. Like we really have not talked in a long time. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Be just because in the past couple years, the few times that I've gone back to visit family in Kentucky, her family has been in Mauritania or vice versa. And so in a lot of ways, today's conversation was kind of a catch up for the both of us. It's interesting to see though how someone that you were friends with as a child and you're reconnecting with them kind of like later on in your life is going down a very similar path. We talk about more than just college in today's episode. We talk about a lot of varying subjects, including her experience being born and growing up for her early childhood in Mauritania and the transition of moving to the United States, but then also she grew up in an environment where there were a lot of Mauritanians, so there was a Mauritanian community, which is very different from my childhood experience. And in a lot of ways growing up, I definitely looked at that experience of like living in the US, but living within a community of migrants that have the same background as you with a lot of envy. There are definitely pros and cons and we kind of talk about that in the episode today. So with that, let's just go ahead and dive into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I was trying to think back to like the first time we met, but I feel like I've known you forever. Like we really go way back. We have. I think the first time we met was like, I believe it was when it was one of the like summers when you guys came I was around eight. You guys came for summer break and it was at Baka's house. Yeah, because back in the day when I used to live in Illinois, we used to drive to Kentucky every summer to see our cousins. And basically her family is like really, really close friends with my first cousins. So that's kind of how we first like got introduced. And like, I feel like for a couple of summers there, like I, we would see you all the time. And like, we practically like lived really close. So we were always together that whole summer. So how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, you know, it's exam week. So I'm just kind of wrapping everything up. How about you? I'm doing good too. I'm right about like around midterm season. Are you guys on the semester or the quarter system? We're on the semester. Okay. Yeah. I, I really don't envy that. I'm on the quarter system. Oh, God. I don't... I kind of prefer it just because... I don't know. It just feels like it goes by faster. And maybe that's something, like, I've made myself believe. That's really good, though. I just... For me, like, I can't even imagine thinking about five to six classes because right now on the quarter system I only am taking three classes that has to be nice though because when it does come to like exams I feel like I just kind of like burn myself out like by the end of the like week I'm like there's no energy for me to like do anything it's kind of unreasonable when you think about having to cram five courses that you've like been doing for four to five months oh and like one week two weeks and so I just kind of, I find it personally, like, stressing. Oh, 100%. So what is something that you learned recently? Probably the most important thing is that it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> and it's okay to not, like, always be good at something. And I think that was, like, hard for me to learn. Just because I'm used to, like, having to be good at something. And then now it's, like, not being able to understand something or do as well as I think I would in a specific scenario and knowing that it's okay I don't always have to. There's like a pressure that you can fall into when you're constantly striving to be perfect and constantly striving to like know everything and get everything right the first time which you don't. 
knowing that like not everything is going to fit your best interest or not every you're not going to be able to entire like for instance you do podcast and I'm actually really proud of you for that I forgot to mention that um but say if I were to do it maybe I would it would work out for me but like essentially it's not for everyone learning that not everything is for everyone and you don't have to fit into what someone else is doing that's kind of something that I've learned and I'm kind of hoping that carries with me because it was something I I'm needed at a specific time I really love that and right now are you currently reading or watching anything interesting I don't know if you've seen this actually these are two things I am reading and um what I'm watching would be you know um Omar Suleiman yeah his Ramadan series it is absolutely incredible I'm currently watching it. It's like it has me in a chokehold right now. <laughs> and so that's been really nice. I have been also like listening to a podcast by Mufti. It's called The Lives of the Prophets and it's just kind of interesting cuz sometimes I think we overlook the stories themselves and kind of just read into, you know, this is right, this is wrong. The Quran says this and I mean the Quran does go through each prophet's story but also to understand the background of it and hear it from someone who's like telling you it in a bit more of a like humor way and kind of like teaching you this in a way that you can understand it and isn't like I'm so used to like grown-ups teaching me like sheikhs like in Muritan stuff and it's like they teach you in like the harder way and now it's like I'm listening to someone who's teaching me and it's interesting everything I'm learning and so it's definitely been good I think um definitely cleansing the soul for me I love that I definitely have to check out that podcast because I love Mufti Mank and also, I feel like growing up, going to Sunday school, Islamic studies was like my favorite subject because I loved hearing kind of the stories of the prophets and like hearing their trials and tribulations. Like you can learn a lot of lessons just from hearing those stories. Yeah, I also did Sunday school. I don't know if you remember the Florence uh, Masjid. I think you've been there before with us. I probably have, but um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I remember that me and um, Abdullah were forced to go. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was a fun experience, but also like I kind of just enjoyed the Islamic Studies version of it because it just was nice knowing the stories behind it. And kind of, I feel like when I know how someone, like the hardships they went through and like the trust they had in the path that Allah has out for them, then it's like, it's kind of more like oh well now I can like look at this not only as this is like what you should be doing and this is this re represents your faith and this is a prophet but also like looking at okay well the prophets also went through trials and tribulations of everything that you know we're definitely not going to go through anything similar to it but you know the temptation living in the west is something so honestly like I feel like that's that's really such an important aspect of like faith because kind of hearing from my parents like their experience growing up a lot of the times like they were just told like you can do this you can't do this because it's haram and they weren't really told the why but I'm grateful that like in my education at Sunday school I learned the why because I feel like once you know the why you have just like a deeper connection to like the religion and the faith and you have a purpose behind everything you do most definitely i also feel like similar to that like i grew up it's kind of different when you look at our parents they grew up in 
Muritan, which is primarily like you're around the people of the same faith, people that look like you, people that dress like you. You're not around like the idea of, you know, you do get that temptation of, well, I'm kind of covered head to toe and no one else is. And, you know, we do that at a young age. So it's like to sit down with your child and be like, hey, like we do this because of this. And, you know, this is the reward. And it just it makes it gives a better connection with the religion as compared to just this is right, this is wrong. And I even had that system where I was often told, like, we should be learning the the way of the Prophet وسلم, and like um, this is like his way is the way you follow. But what exactly is his way? How am I supposed to know if you're not teaching me the way you're just saying, Okay, well, here's a broad concept of his way, and this is what you should be following. But, like, sit down with me and, like, break it down here. Um, you know, this is how he ate. This is how he talked. This is how he uh, spoke to people, and he approached uh, hardship and a lot of things. And I think learning from these podcasts and, you know, the source of, obviously, technology, it's nice to be able to understand that aspect of it all. Exactly. And I think also, like, there can be a fear for people who are, like, immigrating to raise kids in, like, a non-Muslim country. But I don't think that necessarily means that your kids are going to, like, lose connection to the culture or religion. I think, if anything, as you mentioned, like, it's more of a test because every choice that we make as Muslims, it counters a lot of mainstream Western society. And so our faith is tested in a way that, like, strengthens it over time. I honestly couldn't have put it better. Moving on, we're going to do some polls before we jump straight into the interview questions. It's kind of like this or that polls. So the first one is Spotify or Apple Music? Apple Music, 100%. Really? Yeah, I just, I tried the Spotify thing. I just can't get it down. I don't really understand it. I'm like, do I just kind of go in and like download people's stuff or do I kind of like search it or I don't know. I just, personally, Apple Music is the go for me. It's just so much easier to like have it and like the whole like not having wi-fi thing or like especially like i don't know what got me to i think what got me to apple music was going to muritan in the summer and i was like i need something that if i don't have data i'm still gonna be able to listen to music <laughs> so seriously that wi-fi oh my god yeah oh my god the connection so that was kind of it for me i just couldn't do spotify spring versus summer i actually i would say spring i don't know the summer not in the states i can't do heat in the states but for some reason being home and like in africa which is like usually i should be getting like heat waves and like but like it feels like cool and like i just don't get hot there but here i'm like sweating in the summer and um so it's spring definitely 100%. I like spring better. The flowers are blooming. It's, the weather's beautiful. In terms of your communication style, do you like calling or texting better? I'm a calling person. Same. I 100% agree. I just, because I know when I text people sometimes, like even like the, um, like saying lol, like I'll literally text someone, oh, I'm laughing so hard. But then I'm just sitting there like it's really not funny to me. I think it's just because it's over a text. I can't really hear it. And talking to someone like hearing, you know, um, how your voice changes and certain things i i prefer talking 100 yeah you just can't be f as fully expressive also when you're like spilling tea or you have like something long to say like it's really hard to kind of get it all out no i i call so many people mostly probably my parents because i'm like hey i have stuff to tell you guys i think maybe that's why because our parents my parents specifically don't do text oh really yeah so i think i've got it ingrained in my head that calling is just better <laughs> I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you more of a risk taker or someone who plays it safe? 
I'm kind of in between. I would say I like to take risks, but I'm also the person that I would take that risk if I know how it's gonna kind of turn out. Like I kind of have to have a pros and cons list of it. Maybe I like to play it safe. Maybe that would be the correct answer, yeah. Play it safe. <laughs> that one's a hard one. I feel like I'm also the same. Cause like, I wanna say I'm a risk taker, but like at the end of the day, I try and make the most like reasonable choice when it comes to like two important choices yeah i think that's probably the hard part because i i want to be that person that takes risks but similar to what you said it's like how can i if i don't know like how this is going to turn out for me and sometimes like i think i'd rather go the more reasonable route than like taking a risk on something that i have no idea how it's gonna end up okay last one movies versus tv shows <sighs> I think if you had asked me in high school or like middle school, it would have been TV shows. But now it's movies. Like I can't, I can't do TV shows because I feel like they're so long. I try, I really do. But then I'm like, I don't have the energy for it. Or I kind of skip through it. Or I'm like Googling. <laughs> I'm Googling and like spoiling it for everyone. So I'm like, I just kind of would prefer a movie. It's kind of just one sitting and it's over. So... That would be my answer. I, I go back and forth with this one. I don't think I have like a full answer on this one yet. I think I've always thought of you as like TV show. Maybe because like you're into like thrillers of books, correct? Yeah. So I always, when I think of that, I'm like, she's definitely probably like a TV show person. Give the audience a two minute elevator pitch about yourself. Oh, this one's rough. <laughs> so um, my name is Dana Wusaman. I'm 20 years old. I go to Western Michigan University, and I live in Michigan currently. I was born in Wadibu, um, Mauritania, but I was raised in Lakshul, which is <laughs> interesting. So I grew up there. I moved to the States when I was around like six or seven years old. I went to school here, grew up here, and or not in Michigan, but I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and... I'm currently studying political science. I was really excited to hear you, you're doing uh, political science because I just want to see more more Mauritanians going into political science, going that route, because I feel like, you know, STEM is cool and all, but also humanities is where it's at. The funny thing is there's a lot of stigma around, and I don't say this entirely like around Arab or like all African like countries or cultures, but specifically around Mauritanian culture, a woman isn't really necessarily like ideal to be in law. I mean, now I like, I preferably, I've seen it a lot recently that girls are doing more like diplomatic work and like working with the UN and the African Union. And, and it's incredible because it's definitely a change from where we, where we were. But to look at it, even when I kind of first sat down, I was like a kid at the time and I was like, hey, like, I want to be a lawyer. And it was like for the like my reasoning, it wasn't that I kind of enjoyed it. It was just kind of that I met this really cool lawyer and I was like, I just want to be able to wear a suit like him. And I don't think I was really thinking through with it. And everybody around me like was like, no, like they would say like in Hassania, they'd be like, it's weird if a girl's a lawyer, be a doctor. Why, why is that really a thing? How is that entirely weird? I'm not any less educated if I'm a lawyer versus a doctor. I don't know. I just, I never understood that aspect. And I've heard it a lot over the years, especially like growing up in a place with a lot of Mauritanians. I've heard a lot, oh, you're making the wrong decision. This isn't right for a girl. You're from a good family. You're from this. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, but what is your reasoning? Give me a reasoning that is behind faith and I will 100% stand with you. Give me a reasoning that isn't just, this is 
how we want our culture to be and this is how you should act first like you want to do this and like here I should support you but no well people are gonna look at this a little bit weird people are gonna you know look at you and they're gonna be like why is she doing law why is she interested in like a human humanitarian like um route rather than science and doctor and I feel like that idea that every girl you have needs to be a doctor is <laughs> it's I don't even know how to put it into words it kind of shocks me not still like when I hear people say it and I've heard it a lot when people are like <laughs> daughters should be doctors and I'm like but what if I wanted to be like a businesswoman would that make me any less capable of like being successful with that with that whatever success I gain would it mean less if I wasn't a doctor or if I wasn't an engineering or STEM and engineering like if you look at it yeah it's there's a lot of women in in STEM recently but a long time ago it was primarily men and now you look at it and you're like well it's okay if a girl is in engineering especially if she's Mauritanian but it's kind of odd if she goes the business route or if she goes the law route and it's like when are we gonna get these kind of ideas out of our heads and just kind of look at things and even if you don't entirely understand it the idea of supporting you and being like well this is what you want to do go for it you know uh prove everybody wrong prove that you can be a businesswoman and you can be a lawyer if you'd like or whatever the world has to offer you that you're interested in and so um to bring it all back I found it interesting too when I found out that you were doing it and I was like thank god like I'm so happy that she's doing this for real it's it's just such a limiting notion to me, the idea that, you know, we can only be like doctors or engineers or go into STEM. Like there's just so many careers out there. And I think the more that I get further into my education, I'm really seeing how how many careers, there's literally a career for everything. But I think people just don't believe that you can be successful until they see someone do it. And so sometimes you just have to be that first person. Yeah, most definitely. And even that, like, I think even when they do see the success, it's that idea, especially in our culture, that's like, well, yeah, she's successful now, but it's still kind of weird. It's still, it doesn't really fit the status quo, you know? And it's like, wow, what if I don't really want to fit into this little box you've made up for me? You know, what if I want to merge out of it, do something different? And I was even going to say this to you, like, kudos to your parents for, like, being supportive with that. And, like, I'm always excited to, like, see someone doing it and have their, like, parents 100%, like, supporting them in it. Because a lot of times, like, it's just kind of you against the world and what you want. And eventually, like, they kind of push you enough to where it's like, okay, well, I'll do what you want to do. And even me, I was, like, very grateful to have, like, my parents were very supportive of it. So. 100%. I'm definitely very grateful because I can't even imagine you know, going to college and like pursuing something like this without the support of my family and my community. So let's start from the beginning. What was your childhood like? You were you mentioned that you were born and grew up a little bit in Mauritania. What was like that culture shock like um, going from like living in Mauritania to the U.S.? This is actually um, really interesting because I was born in Nwadibu, as I said, and my sister, you know, you know her, uh, she was born in Nwakshop. We did a little switcheroo for her some reason. She was raised in Wadi and I ended up being raised in Wakshold. So um, I was raised with my grandma and um, it was actually like remembering my childhood. I am so glad to be able to say like I remember so much from growing up in Muritan. Like kind of you get the best of like both worlds in a sense. So I kind of grew up, uh, my grandma raised me and I grew up in a house with 
all of my cousins under one roof 24 hours of the day we all went to the same school together and it was like walking distance from our house weekends we would go and like go to the beach together and we'd all be like we would all be like crammed in the back of like a truck you know like the pickup trucks yes i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah we would all be crammed in them we would um like i remember the like visiting the desert and like spending weekends there and just kind of looking at it like even now, like, I look at my siblings and I'm like, God, their childhood is, like, so different now. It's, like, phones, 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 and, like, you're you're sitting in a group with your friends, but you're texting them. And, like, looking back at, like, what, what I did, I like, we would go down to the desert and we would, like, make, like, we would make games out of, like, nothing. We would, like, find, like, um, flat tires <laughs> and we would sit in them and, like, slide down the sand dunes. <laughs> So it was honestly really fun, um, but it was definitely shocking when I did move to the States. Um, I actually didn't speak Hassania at all. I only spoke Wolof because of growing up with my grandma. So coming... Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh my god, my mom would visit us and I wouldn't be able to talk to her because I didn't speak Hassania like at a young age. And I would just kind of sit there and like we'd have kind of like a translator going. When I did move to the states but it was kind of shocking i was still young so it was like oh like this is nice but being able like being present in the idea of i am not i'm not in Muritania anymore like this is not where i was this is definitely different you know you're like walking around every, people look different it's it's definitely a different scene but also when i did uh like start going to school and before that even my dad was like listen like i'm sorry but like you're gonna have to like learned Hassanian if that means like forgetting or like putting well off to the side then so be it because you're gonna have to be able to talk to your siblings and like your mom and like the people around you and I was like oh <laughs> this is fun and I remember at the time the only people I could talk to was Barka and you know mommy right and so they were the only people I could talk to and my dad like made it a rule he was like she needs to learn Hassanian so just don't respond, like you have to like respond to her and Hassania, even if she talks to you in Wolof. It was shocking in that sense because I was like, now I'm stuck learning two languages and this is not what I expected. But also like going to school, it's definitely different from Muritan and like the system's different. Teachers are definitely more lenient, I think. I didn't understand anything. I kind of just sat there for a while and was kind of like confused about like my surroundings, confused about this odd language that like looked nothing like Arabic. I didn't even understand it when they said it, but I was just kind of behind on it. And at some point, then I was later, my dad was like, listen, like now you have to learn English. So, you know, put Hassania to the side. And I was like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me at this point? He was like, you know, put Hassania to the side, learn English. You know, yeah, education's important, um, this, this, this. And I was like, oh my God, like, so it was shocking in the sense of I kind of I had a bit of trouble like making friends and like I just kind of was like it was kind of weird especially because I was in Kentucky like definitely was diverse but it was like I kind of didn't know the difference from anyone I was just kind of like okay well all these people are American and that was kind of my idea like it was just American as I grew up I definitely appreciated my parents growing up because I never for a second forgot Hassanier or um how to speak to people or um kind of I didn't I didn't get that sometimes I have a lot of uh friends who when they moved overseas or like to a different country they kind of shifted from the Mauritanian concept of things and I really had that 
um, connection to culture. And my mom had a rule where in the house, you couldn't speak English. Like once we started knowing English, she was like, in the house, English is against the rules. You cannot speak it. Only Hassaniya. And outside of the house, at school with your friends, speak English all you want. But and so that was nice for me because having that concept of I have to speak it at home, kind of because I was starting to like forget it and like forget a lot of stuff. And like having that idea of you have to speak it at home and like um, speak to your parents with it. It was nice because it gave me the sense of like, well, yeah, I'm in a different place. But, you know, you can kind of like when they say you can take. This, you kind of can take Muritan, you can take the girl out of Muritan, but you can't really take the Muritan out of the girl. That was kind of nice for me. And I was surrounded by Muritanians, so I guess my shock, I'm super, I'd really like to know like how shocking it was for you, like because mine was kind of like medial, like I was just kind of like, eh, well, people are still wearing the Merhba around. I still like, it was still kind of like the same. It just like the aspect was, well, you're in America and you're going to school with like, um kids that aren't Mauritanian but like then I would go home and like my house would be full of like Mauritanian women and their kids and my friends like the friends I made in America were Mauritanian kids and they were we were all like all the girls were like really close in age so I I don't know I'm interested like how was yours essentially first of all everything you said is so true um but I have to say for me going because I was born here and for me the experience was kind of like the reverse so like I grew up in like the American culture of like it could be very lonely right like I definitely like growing up in the neighborhood that I lived in there weren't a lot of kids um in the neighborhood there were like a few kids and so it could be it could be very lonely and isolating but going to Mauritania and seeing like that culture of you know multiple families living with one another and being able to see all of your different cousins all the time constantly being surrounded by people and laughter and joy like it's something that i really valued growing up while i didn't grow up in like cincinnati or kentucky where i think you can be more rooted to the mauritanian community because there are so many like mauritanians living in that area i've always appreciated being able to go back to mauritania and be rooted in my culture i think i have a long way to go with being connected to my culture but it's something that i i love and i value so much because you know i see the differences between mauritania and the united states and i appreciate them so much to, um, to be able to appreciate it you have to understand that there is a difference between the two cultures and be able to appreciate both and for you specifically like that's incredible that you're able to like understand like, hey, I grew up in a different way than everyone else, but hey, I still appreciate my culture and, you know, going back home and seeing everything. That kind of, for me, that builds a lot of like character and just so much to you as a person because it does kind of differentiate you from other people. And, you know, um, I'm sure you will grow to like be very connected to it. That's something I'm positive in. So to like, here, like both sides, it's I'm 100% sure you won't have a problem with that in the future. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Like growing up, I, we would go like every few years, but I think inshallah one day if I could, like I would love to go back like every summer to just like see family because a lot of my family, like most of my family is back home. And so it can be really hard just living so far away from your family and just being that disconnected, I think. But I can probably guess the answer to this, but what is your favorite aspect of Mauritanian culture? I want to say everything, but really not everything. Um, probably most things, like I love the clothes. Like I love, 
love it to death love dressing up in, in the clothes like I kind of miss it when I move from home and like it's kind of like one of my favorite things um the music which a lot of people find surprising when I answer that but if you're listening to the right person then you'll definitely enjoy the music and definitely like the events the aspect Mauritanian culture is very highly built on family and you grow up surrounded by family surrounded you know you you basically like if you're living anywhere in Mauritania and your family's there whatever neighborhood you're living in is primarily your family that's the interesting part of it and even for me like when I go it's like my aunt's house is like two feet away from our house and then my other aunt's on the other side and my uncle and it's like it's nice to have that connectedness and have them all around and like be in that house where there's so many kids running around and like I don't know I I love mostly everything in the Mauritanian culture I'm interesting to see like what you enjoy of it I okay so I thought you would I guess you would say the last one which is like the family aspect I would say the family aspect is definitely my favorite just being able to see so many people all at once because like right now I live in California I lived half of my life in Illinois and then we moved to California and we do have like what some family here um my dad's brother lives here but for a lot of my life like in order to see family I've always had to travel so I think just having that proximity being able to see my grandparents being able to see my cousins people that my parents grew up with or like were really close to like all of that is just my favorite aspect of like the communal aspect of Mauritanian culture is my favorite. I think most definitely. I really appreciate that aspect of it. Just because when you do think of Mauritanian culture, the first thing is family. Even not even in the sense of like direct family. It's both like direct family and like tribal family, that kind of stuff. For me to look at it, especially growing up here, where like even like recently, I think in high school, our neighbors are like old, like they're very old and like I've never once seen their kids come visit. And that like always shocks me. I'm like, how is it even possible to like have them around and not be like there? Especially like once, you know, obviously, hopefully a long time from now when our parents do, they do get old and they do get tired and um, a lot happens in their lives. But these people like they brought you up and to eventually like in their old age kind of desert them is shocking to me. And then to be home in Mauritania and see like, everybody like brothers like old young and old are literally the same like your age does not matter like you'll see like most of my uncles are like very like old they're like older than my dad and they treat us like we're like around their age like they treat us like we're like grown like to their age and they'll like conversate with us as if so and it's interesting to see that concept and like the concept of if your parents are still alive you appreciate every second with them and for a while I think I I personally didn't understand that just because I I was like oh well I'm grateful to have both and I can't imagine not having them and again like I was raised by my grandma so I was very attached to my grandma and when she I think uh when she passed away uh two years it was a couple years ago um, I kind of had, and I'm, thank God it was at an age where I could understand loss and understand coping with loss and have like something come out of it. So when losing her, it was like I lost, I, I essentially lost a mother because to me she wasn't a grandmother and she was more than that. She was essentially my best friend. I was very close to her. 
Um, and I would call her, I remember, every single day when I moved to the States. And, like, even when I got up to high school, like, I would call her every single couple of days to check up on her and, like, update her on my life. And now it's like, well, I don't have that choice anymore. But I do have my parents. And, like, to think of my culture, like, the one thing I would forever appreciate in it is watching our parents and how they treated their parents because it teaches you so much and how you should be treating them and and life happens and they get tired they get sick and to understand that standing with them through every aspect I mean these people brought you up from nothing you know and especially in the case like I'm sure you can um, understand this immigrating like you went from your home to no to like complete like you went to a place with strangers a place that's not home to you that's not even similar to home for what to give me a better life to give me the life you didn't have to give me everything you aspire to have and to have achieved and to look at it now it's like I couldn't imagine like I always think like what would I do if my my parents were like at the age where they couldn't do so much for themselves and I was still studying like would I drop it all and my answer is always I would like in the blink of an eye like I wouldn't even think of it I'm sure you could probably agree with that too so a hundred percent and um I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss by the way thank you it's challenging to see the way that people treat the elderly in the united states because it's a thing to kind of like once your grandparents get old to put them in retirement homes and that's not a concept at all in mauritanian culture and also mauritanian culture you have to have so much respect not only for your parents but like for your older older siblings which i don't think my sisters really have for me but it's fine but like there's just a huge thing of respect that is taught in mauritanian culture that is definitely not taught here i think that as you get older and especially like in this phase of life where i'm like in college i'm really understanding my parents sacrificed so much for me and so a lot of the reason why i try and work so hard is because you know i want their sacrifices to be worth it in the end um, i'm not just working for myself i'm working for my family I definitely agree with that and like even the thing with like the respect it's insane how much and it's not even just like Mauritanian culture it's like the Islamic religion itself is built on respecting your elders respecting whoever's older than you and when you look at it in the sense of Mauritanian culture we have those things where like if you are saying hello to someone who's older than you you never look them in the eye your eyes are always supposed to be at ground level and you always have to bow your head down to them even like a sense like even me when I like was home over the summer um, my grandma's friends were all like they were at our house every single day and they would sleep there and like I would like wake up and like saying hello to them was often me like bending my head down and like giving them my hand and then like kissing their hand to like out of a sense like respect and it's like those things they teach me so much because now when I approach like people who are even like slightly older than me, I always kind of like have that sense of like, this is an elder, even if it's like five years older than me, I'm like, this person is older than me and I should be respecting them in every way. And even like when I meet like people here in the US and they'll often be like, like, where did you learn to be like so respectful? And I'll be like, oh, like, it's really just like culture. Like my culture is just built on that. And to be able to say that and have that like engraved in you is something that we probably need in our whole entire so I'm glad that that's a part of our culture. Yep, it's all in the culture. 
So you made quite the move from Kentucky all the way to Michigan for college. What was the experience like moving out of state for college and were you nervous to go that far? I was definitely nervous, but I knew that I I knew that I needed it. I didn't essentially need a change, but I needed to like look out for what was best for me and, you know, finding Western obviously with they have a really good uh, political science degree and they offer you internships and all of this and like right now as a sophomore I'm doing an internship with like this incredible like local um, firm law firm and it's like I wouldn't have those experiences if I was there especially Cincinnati like uh, UC and like the universities around there were primarily focused on medicine and business and that was just something I was not planning on doing and even like looking at northern kentucky it was definitely closer and i was like but this they do have a program but it's not the program i want to be in so it just kind of came down to do i want to go through all these loopholes to um kind of just get a like i wouldn't essentially get a political science degree because when i was talking to them they were like well to if you want to do law well the only option we would have for you is like english as a major and then you could venture out and minor into histories or like uh, national government but we don't have any they didn't have an exact like major that was like what I wanted I sat down with my dad if if it comes down to it and like I found this I find a school and I really like the school it would it be okay if I moved out and he was like he was like 100% <laughs> which kind of shocked me but he was like in life you have to learn to move away from everything that you're used to. He was like, right now you are used to being around us, being around um, people who are the same as you. And at some point you're gonna have to learn to like be able to venture out from the world that you're kind of, this bubble that you live in, which does exist. Like there's a very much, I know my me and my friends will call it like the Mauritanian Cincinnati bubble. And it's like, you can't get out. And it's like, I felt kind of stuck and I felt like, even the thing, like, I definitely loved growing up around people with the same culture and, like, such a huge, like, Mauritanian community. But growing up in it meant that I had to have my life out for everyone. My life was an open book for everybody. Every choice I made was criticized by every single person. Old, young, it didn't matter. They had a choice. They had a say for some reason. And the choices I got to make and the life I wanted to live. So for me, I was like, I need to just, I need to venture out. I need to find something that suits me. And if it's in Cincinnati, then perfect. If it's in Kentucky, then perfect. It just kind of came down to Western was the best choice. And to have parents that definitely, they were like, go for it. Like, do this. Learn to be independent, you know? Get the full experience of living alone, of fending for yourself, of studying away from uh, the Mauritanian community and from home. And so it was really nice for me to have that support, uh, which I am forever grateful for. It was hard. There was a lot of backlash when I made the decision that I was moving like to out of state. Everybody was just like, well, you could get an education everywhere. What's so different about this school? And then I, in the beginning, I was like, I would sit and I would like actually like care enough to be like, well, this is what this school is offering me that I'm not being offered here. And this is, and now, and then it came to a point where I was like, I genuinely can't keep explaining myself to people. I can't keep explaining choices that I made, choices that genuinely have nothing to do um, with anyone and except my family. And so it came down to, I appreciate everybody 
but also this is what's best for me and there's a certain like I kind of look at you and I'm like god she's lucky that she didn't grow up like I love the community but it is very toxic and it is very much you're just you're everybody has something to say about everything you gained a cup you can't you gained some weight oh my god look at her she's huge you got your driver's license every time you cross the bridge from Cincinnati Ohio someone's gonna call your dad and be like hey I just saw your daughter cross, cross the bridge where's she going like it was just kind of having people microscopically like nitpick everything I did and everything I didn't do and and for me specifically it was like well she doesn't entirely like fit in with the other Mauritanian girls she's a bit too Americanized but she's also sometimes a bit too Mauritanian and I'm like well which one do you want me to be and so at some point I was just like I need to live for myself and if my parents are happy for me, that should be all that matters. And that should, those should be the only opinions that matter to me. So making the decision, it was hard. And I definitely like, was like very, I was like, maybe I should like not do this. Maybe I should just stick to what everybody wants. You know, I was, I was the first girl in that community to move out. Like the, and I'm, and it's odd to think of like that. I'm the only girl that goes to university that isn't UK, that isn't UC and even like the girls that did want to go to UC, their parents were like, well, Cincinnati, it's in Dayton, it's a bit far. To see me like move was kind of like a huge deal for everybody. My dad specifically, he sat down for me many times during the night and like held me crying as I was like, well, they're just picking everything and I, I'm just so tired of like, not this. And he's like, don't like, don't listen to anybody. I support you. I agree. You and I, we, and like choosing a college was like me and my dad like we he was like you know me and you we did our research we we made this decision this university is the right choice for you and you get to learn to be independent and I couldn't be more proud of you and that meant so much to me at the time and even now like I think at the time maybe I overlooked it a bit but now like looking at it I'm like God, I've learned so much living away from home and living away from the community. And and it's funny because as soon as I kind of moved, I kind of like drifted like randomly. I It just became the only connection that I really had was like my parents and like the very, very, and my uncles and my very close like family friends and everybody else. I just kind of like became very antisocial in that aspect. And it was nice because finally I kind of got to learn like, what it is that I enjoy without it being what it is that everybody else thinks I enjoy or thinks I should be doing. It was nice to push myself. And it was kind of like the way that they, their mindset of it, it was kind of like everybody had this idea. Like they kind of were like, okay, give it a year. She'll either like, she'll, make, she'll mess up. She'll make a mistake. She'll regret her decision. And to think like these like people that you grew up around, they're like sitting there and saying, God, just give her a year is insane to me. It was a point where I was like, I want to prove everyone wrong. I want to prove everyone wrong in the sense that being away from home should not be the reason that everybody should think I'm going to drift from religion. I'm going to drift from my culture. Because essentially, if I were to drift from my religion, it meant that I was never close to that religion to begin with. That meant that I was just doing it for a show. I was just doing it for everybody else to think that I was close to this religion. If you expect me to take off the hijab the first year I move out of home, then 
you then that just means that I personally was never sure about my decision. I was never sure about anything in the aspect of religion or this culture. And to be able to like come back and like see everybody like how they react and everything every time I'm back home is it's, it's funny and kind of shocking still. I'm so happy that you were able to make that choice. And at the end of the day, as you said, all that matters is that your family is supporting you. I see the privilege that I have not growing up in that bubble because I know like sometimes I like kind of think to myself like, oh, I wish I, I, I grew up around more Mauritanians. I wish I grew up in that sphere because then, you know, I'd be more connected to my culture in a lot of ways. And there are so many positive aspects of it, obviously. But I think with everything, there's always going to be pros and cons and one of the cons is that whenever you're in any type of community like that um, ethnic community like that um, where people are kind of like talking about each other behind each other's back that you can't live your life the way that you want to anymore that you're constantly living under the scrutiny of other people's opinions when all the opinions that should matter are yourself and your parents and your family that at the end of the day you have to live your life for yourself because you're the one who has to face the consequences of the choices that you make and so i'm happy that you were able to kind of push yourself to completely move out of that environment i think college is a perfect time to move to a place or go to a school that's outside of your comfort zone that's different than what you're used to because you learn so much i feel like and you grow so much from that Political science is what you wanted to do. So you have to go to a school that is going to be the best for what you want to do that has the major that you want. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that this episode was a very long episode, so I decided to go ahead and split this episode in two parts. I will have part two coming out this upcoming week, a week from the day that this goes up, so make sure to stay tuned to hear the rest of this week's episode. If you guys aren't already, make sure to follow the podcast Instagram at disclaimers aside. I will have the link to it in the show notes as well as some other relevant links, um, including Sanibu's social media that you guys can go check out. Besides that, I will chat with you all next week. Bye.